I think he's a smart player. He's played fairly physical, and I'd like to see them give him more opportunity, even if it's just on the third line and not playing with, I'm not going to call Yamamoto a plug or anything like that, but playing with essentially the plugs of the team. (laughs) Am, Am I wrong? I'm not saying they are plugs, but they're the bottom of the roster. What's up, and welcome to the Crude Oil Podcast, a weekly uncensored Edmonton Oilers podcast with your hosts, Sean and Greg. What's up, and welcome back to the Crude Oil Podcast. It's the Anson, well, I want to say Anson Carter episode number 22, but we're recording this on Connor McDavid's 500th game played tonight, Um, so I think it's more fair to dedicate it to him. I mean, it's hard not to. No offense, Anson. How could you forget about Tyson Perry as well? Oh, Legendary yes. 22. Yes, yes. This is probably like the only episode that I didn't pull up 22s that I like knew for a long time. Um, I th- It's funny when you think of the, the oil, like the crude oil, crude oil? I'm trying to like promote us here. No, when you think of the, the third jerseys that the Oilers had, the McFarlane logo, that's yeah. what I was trying to say. That's the first person that I think of when I think of You just of picture Anson Anson Carter? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't help but picture Ryan Smith. That's fair. The double twos is just, I don't know. Um, but anyways, I digress. That was a weird tangent to start the episode on. Um, we're recording this game in the midst of the game against Washington. We're obviously doing this kind of blindfolded and trying to fight off the urge to not check the score because... Yeah, I've watched the first 10 minutes of it. I saw a weird, like, that weird crossbar almost goal by Sonny Milano. But other than that, like, I don't want to talk about it. We'll save that for next week when the game's over. Um, Just so much shit happened in, like, the last three games that I don't want 10 minutes of another hockey game to set the tone for this podcast. Well, that's the thing. We get caught up and then that's the only thing we talk about. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Happy winter. I hope you had a uh, a solid weekend, staying warm. What the fuck was that storm this past week? Uh, winter's here. That's that's what happened. It went from zero to a hundred in like twelve hours, and yeah. I don't think it stopped snowing. It's like the what is it? The calendar flipped to November, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, snow. It's winter. It's supposed to be winter. Let's fucking go." <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was a shock. I forgot we uh, lived in Alberta for a second. Uh, three games to recap. Uh, we got the win against Nashville. The win, well, win. I wish it was a win against Jersey. <sighs> the should have been win. The should have been win. Uh, and then the fucking whatever the hell you want to call that thing on Saturday against Dallas. So, uh, do you want to just fucking dive into it? Should we start with Nashville? Let's start with Nash. Well, yeah, let's start with Nashville. Let's try and pick ourselves up at the end here. Okay. <laughs> so the game against Nashville was. Really fun to watch from an Edmonton perspective. Um, I think the main, the big guys were all firing, like firing on all cylinders. And Drysaddle's passing was up up to par with what everybody thinks he can do. It, it was, was, yeah, it was kind of the first real big performance of um, Drysaddle's season, really, with, with terms into like his actual skill, I feel. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I feel like I always see McDavid putting up two to three points a night and then dry saddle starts slowly falling behind in points. And then he has a fuck at night where he's just like, okay, I'm going to get like five points tonight. <laughs> it's like, Oh, now I'm only a point behind you in the scoring race. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at my notes here to see like 
what was the first thing that stood out? It was the very first goal. How could you forget it? Uh, at home with maybe the gift of the season so far. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who played that puck worse, if it was Cody Cece or if it was Jack Campbell. Because, like, it took a weird hop, but, like, Campbell just kind of laid down. At what point do we blame the defenseman for not anticipating huge fucking rebounds off Jack Campbell at this point? I Yeah, I'm going to get into that, especially, well, um, <laughs> with Cody Cece. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's And I've got a theory that comes to Jack Campbell in this, and I think we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but it's definitely... It's one of those things that make you scratch your head. Like, who is it the chicken or the egg kind of scenario there? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was I was prepped right after that goal. I was like, oh, fuck, let's strap in for another, like, brutal defensive night. And the Oilers answered back, like, right away. Yeah, it's nice to see. Well, first of all, that goal was in the first 30 seconds. So <laughs> it was like it shook you so hard. Mm-hmm. But in typical Edmonton fan fashion, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that just happens. That's just an Edmonton thing. And then, lo and behold, Edmonton just decides to take over the rest of the period and just torches Nashville for four fucking goals. Yeah. It was nice to see, especially I love when Kane scores because you know that there's a high probability of there's at least another one coming from him. Yeah, he does score in bunches. He either scores two goals or no goals. <laughs> so it, it's nice to see him connecting, obviously, those uh, those two quick. The first, that unreal pass from Dreisaitl with like he's the only player in the league who will have it on his forehand and will change to his backhand because he's like, Oh yeah, I can pass better on. the Yeah. Backhand. I've got more confidence. Like yeah. what the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah. Hell of a, uh, pass there. And then a, an easy deke that threw Saros off. And then the second goal I, I really like from Kane because he, he's like, it's kind of showing that his hands are catching up to his head. Like yeah. that, that quick one T. Well, it's nice to see him get into good positioning. That's I feel like that's one thing yeah. that Edmonton tends to lack sometimes. Is you have McDavid and Drysaddle, they're ripping around with Puck, or Drysaddle in his case is just sitting still. But nobody is getting into good scoring positions or getting lost in traffic to get open for a nice pass, unlike what Kane did here, where he just snuck in behind the two defensemen and was wide open to take that shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the McDavid goal, like just the one thing I wanted to comment... Like, this this was a very off game for UC Saros. He yeah, don't, way... don't expect to score seven goals, or I guess six goals, on UC Saros again. Mm-hmm. I just, they're beating him in, at every different, like, spot. Like, obviously, the McDavid goal, five hole. But, I mean, some of the stuff, blocker side, like, glove side, like, it was very, very weird night for UC Saros. Yeah, making him look like an Oilers goalie out there. <laughs> yeah. So after the uh, the four uh, the four goal period, the Oilers kind of settled down a little bit, but I felt like they kind of let the game start coming to them, and obviously Nashville took advantage of that. Um, uh, well, I it, I guess I'm jumping ahead of myself. That was after the McDavid goal. Um, so let's let's back up a second. Let's start the second period uh, where. You could kind of start to feel a shift in momentum. The Oilers, obviously, with those those quick four goals in the first period. Um, heading into the second, it kind of started to see it slip, start to turn a little bit. Uh, they get the extra cushion with the McDavid goal on the power play, which uh, I'm, I'm like a conspiracy guy. Not a conspiracy guy. I'm a superstitions guy. And, like, I remember when he scored Jack Michael's call is like, 
they're absolutely burying the uh, uh, Predators. And I was like, here it comes. It's coming. <laughs> like, this isn't going to stay 5-1. Yeah, as soon as Edmonton kind of gets this far ahead, I kind of expect the other team to score. Like, they're not the type of team who's going to win like eight to one or something like that. They're the time type of team that wins like eight to six. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a roller coaster ride with this team. Um, so Nashville counters; they get the goal from Johansson, kind of midway into the second, uh, and then continues into the third. Forsberg makes it really interesting and cuts it down 4-3. So at that point, I'm starting to shake a little bit. Like, like Yeah, my eyes were starting to widen a little bit and being like, we really need to figure this shit out. <laughs> um, I really hate when they play on their heels. Like Edmonton plays best mm. when they're pressing, and that's why they play so well when they're behind. But they're also, because of that, one of the worst teams with a lead because they just don't know how to play defensive properly and they start to sit back on their heels really hard when they're winning. Is it they don't know how to play with the lead or they just have no experience with playing with the lead? Well, that might have something to do with it because they just don't know. Like, Or maybe it's the way they have to be behind by a goal. That's why they get scored on first all the time <laughs> to be able to actually play properly and to make it an even matchup because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just not fair. Yeah. Yeah, um, but Leon gives us a little bit of a breathing room with the power play goal. It was nice. To, I, I felt for the longest, like, past about a week and a half, two weeks, that uh, Leon's been fighting off the puck a little bit and passing it where he's not shooting as much. Yeah. It was nice to see him kind of hold the puck and just, like, fire it on net. Well, he either, like, this was, he was in his regular position that he's always in on the power play, and usually he tries to one-time it. And this time he didn't, and Saros committed really hard across, and then he just put a backhand, forehand, and then shot it to top left corner on the far side instead. Um, which, it's nice to see him mixing it up a little bit, because everybody expects that shot on that team, on like every other NHL team, that, <laughs> that they have the book on dry saddle that you know in practice beforehand. They're just working on taking away the pass from McDavid or Nuge over to dry saddle to take away that shot. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean... If you're you're defending the only thing that you're seeing, maybe maybe he's trying to throw them off a little bit. So um, yeah, that that's a great point. Uh, Nino Niederreiter makes it really interesting. There's about 2:50 left on the clock. It was a 6-4 game, and I was like, ah, I I felt okay with a two-goal lead, but it's never never good with there's 2:50 left on the clock, down by two. I was feeling pretty comfortable with it. If it was mm-hmm. one goal, I'd be a little bit more nervous. But at that point. I, I just didn't think they had it in them to score that many, especially because Edmonton's deadly with the empty net on the other side of the ice. That's Yeah, that's true. And capping it off with the hat trick of Andrew Kane, like we mentioned, the goals and bunches. So uh, he gets his fifth of the season, which it's kind of nice. Maybe he's hitting a little bit of a hot streak, um, starting to pick up his game a little bit. Uh, it's been kind of a slow start for him, but... Yeah. yeah, well, we say slow start, and he has... This was his <laughs> fifth goal in this game. Yeah. To be fair, three of them were in this game. Um, and he started really, really hot with us last year, so I feel like that's part of the problem why we feel like he's having a bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. But um, I would also like to say I gave Kane a really fucking hard time for this, so I have to give McDavid and Drysaddle both a hard time for it too. Okay, which I like this. is this like helping out your teammate get a hat trick attitude instead of hitting the empty net yourself with a more <laughs> wide open shot. The McDavid thing? Yeah. yeah. It's like, listen, I get it. You want to be a good teammate. And maybe in this case, McDavid was just wanting to return the favor to Kane. But like, 
can we just win the game and not worry about getting all these hat tricks and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. It's uh, you got to pick on everybody. I know the one thing that uh, stood out for me just going back and watching the condensed game is John Hines like snapping on the ref after Drysital scored his goal. He's like five to one power plays, fucking five to one power plays. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the power plays were really helping them out that much, were they? Well, they were helping on Nashville because the Oilers were zero for two on the kill. So true. Uh, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit worried about our penalty kill. I don't know. If you get scored on seven times, though, you can't blame the refs for that. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I am getting concerned about our penalty kill, and I think it falls down to um, what... we got to be bottom five of the league now. Yeah, I don't know the exact stat, but it comes down to the old quote that everybody says is that your best penalty killer needs to be your goalie. And unfortunately, I don't want to give Jack Campbell that hard of a time because he won this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wasn't very good. See, yeah. We shouldn't need to, like in this case, we shouldn't need to score five or more goals to win a game. Yeah. I uh, I had that same takeaway. Like, he wasn't great, but they got the job done, so let's just park the goaltending situation. Unfortunately, we're going to have to fucking get back to that. Well, we'll get back to it when it's uh, reasonable and appropriate to do so. <laughs> So the Oilers head in uh, to play Jersey on Thursday. Well, they head to Thursday to play Jersey at home. I'm <laughs> We're recording this so much later than we used to. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty tired. I feel a little zoned out, and it's making it more difficult than usual. <laughs> um, did you get – I have this as uh, notes for stuff to talk about later, but it's it's not contingent on this. Did you watch the, uh, the Hall, of Fame, Hall of Fame ceremony? I did, but honestly, I forgot about it. Yeah, and I tuned in to watch the game at Puck Drop, and yes. I sat there for thirty minutes watching this Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, this is cool," but at the same time, I kind of wish they would start that thirty minutes before Puck Drop and get that over with beforehand. Well, I thought it was seven o'clock. Like, I, it sounded like it was pre-recorded or something, and they're just playing it off of that. Maybe they were, but I, I have no clue because they did. I don't think that actually that was the case because they dropped the puck immediately afterwards. Yeah, they. So, there was no anthems or anything like that. They just dropped the puck. Well, because I think when it's uh, they aired at 7 o'clock, they are doing warm-up already. So yeah. they just must have recorded it. The only thing I'm getting at is I fucking went to the gym because I usually go and I throw on the first period, a bike during the first period, come shower, come home for the second. Yeah. And uh, I get there and I start on the bike ride and I'm seeing, oh, fuck, there's a ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> like this ride is going to be a hell of a lot it's, longer than I want it to be. extra long bike ride today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good ceremony. It was nice to uh, to see uh, a bunch of old uh, Edmonton Oilers out there, and of course, seeing Smitty is always is always great. The one thing that like stood out to me, and maybe I missed it, but I didn't hear a tribute to Joey Moss, and not that he needs to, because he he was obviously close to them. But that that was just the one that kind of stood out, like no mention of him at all. Did they mention that they were going to put him in this year? Or is that maybe a future thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't... Th- yeah, it's a good question. Because I don't remember them saying that it was going to be Joey. I thought... I think we thought it was going to be Joey, but... Oh, I I, I just meant that Ryan Smith in his, like... Uh, um, oh, in his thank you yeah, speeches? There's kind of a gap. Maybe I was half asleep. Maybe I was ready to get off the fucking bike. Anyways, the game starts. Um, Connor McDavid with the first goal of the game. Oilers' first goal. That's a win. Um, we should almost have, like... Like, just a sound that we play every time. <laughs> so they score the first goal and just... Well, we can't really say that anymore. I guess not, yeah. Um, this is uh, this kind of ruined it. <laughs> uh, 
I uh, I just wanted to well first off the thing that we kind of dig on Darnell Nurse for is sometimes the kind of boneheaded plays. And McDavid never would have had a chance to score this goal if it wasn't for that defensive True. block. That was a great defensive play. That was unreal. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a horrific pinch um, from Cody Cece. And uh, Darnell Nurse just saved the bacon. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anything would have happened without that. So. Well, that's the thing is that most of the time, I like that you're calling this out, is that when Nurse does his diving classic belly plays, as I like to call them, <laughs> like I feel like they have a pretty low success rate, but that I feel like that's only because when he does do it and it doesn't work, it looks really, really bad. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and, and I think he has like, I would say he probably has like an 80% success rate doing like the diving play, whether it blocks the pass or he blocks the shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. So... Like, I always like when we point out that it was a great play when it does work. Yeah. Because when it doesn't, people are like, what the fuck, nurse? Stand up. <laughs> this isn't like fucking belly flopping on the ice. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the rush up ice, Hyman with an unreal pass to McDavid. It's, it's weird when the most skilled NHL player like in the world just has to tap in a puck like <laughs> it's pretty rare for him i think and unless he like completely undresses the goalie to the point where like the goalie's out of the net and he's like oh look i have an empty net <laughs> definitely uh but like i had mentioned the the lead was short-lived miles wood uh quickly responds and i was like okay we're gonna get a game out of this like i, I came into this game you would know better being uh um a jersey fan on the side or just at least following them more than i do um they they're a better team than a lot of people think they are, aren't they? They're a much better team than people think they are. Like last year, for example, they had some of the best analytics in the league, except their goaltending was dog shit. That was gonna be my question. It's only goaltending that yeah. they really have a question. Last year they had like, I don't know, I think it was like an eight seventy save percentage or something Oof. like across their goalies. And the expected was supposed to be like a nine oh five or something like that. So they were so far below like Mackenzie Blackwood was god-awful last year. And um, nobody knew why, because just before that, the year before, he was being considered to be the starter for Team Canada at the Olympics mm-hmm. because he was putting up, like, a 930 save percentage across, like, 50 starts. And, yeah, I don't know what happened with him. There's uh, I think that a lot of it m- might have to do with his long COVID symptoms or something like that because oh, he went through yeah. that last season. Yeah. Um, and then just overplaying him like crazy because last year they had Jonathan Bernier as their backup and he got injured um, for most of the year. So they really, really rode him hard. Mm-hmm. And I think it caught up to him after a while. And then obviously they just have the rookie growing pains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, at no point in this game did I, did I feel comfortable. It just, Jersey felt like a... It's probably this entire week, I'll be honest, is the most exciting game out of all three. I will say this game was probably the most back-and-forth exciting game of the season, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, it was great chances back and forth. Both goalies were playing extremely well. The only reason why New Jersey ended up winning this game was Vanacek came in after Blackwood got injured and stood on his fucking head, which I didn't mind because I have him in fantasy hockey, so that was pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's it's funny. You look at the score sheet, and um, he uh, he's credited with 17 saves. But I mean, it's only a partial game. But it, it doesn't really speak to how well he played. 
Well, um, and that's the funny part too, is he came in and he gave up that goal immediately because he came in cold on the Edmonton power play. Mm-hmm. Just completely throw him to the wolves on that shit <laughs> against an Edmonton power play. Like, holy fuck, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. And then he just completely batten down the hatches and change that game around like it made a huge difference mm-hmm. and honestly you can't complain too much about like skinner's performance for example he still put up like a 907 save percentage yep um obviously you don't want to give up four goals and there was a couple weak ones but overall i don't think you can really blame him considering how well he's played yeah yeah i uh we'll just touch on the the ryan goal Dry Seidel on the power play, so he continues his goal-scoring streak. But I really want to spend some time talking about the third period because I think that's where the Oilers started to come unraveled and just talk about a couple of the things that stood out to me. Like, um, I think New Jersey exposed a huge hole in the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to face-off plays. Like, Edmonton's face-off game, and it's it's weird because we were like, I think it was last week we were crediting how great they've been on face-offs. Yeah, their but, face-off percentage has been pretty good. And to be fair, just last game in the Nashville game, McDavid got that goal right off the face-off. Yeah, yeah, on the yeah on the power play there. Um, but and it's weird because the Oilers controlled the Oilers won fifty-six percent of the face-offs. What I wonder what that percentage was in the defensive zone, though. That's true. Because it really felt like New Jersey had all the pressure, and mm-hmm. Edmonton would just go rush chance the other way, have a single chance. Vanacek would make a huge save, and then go back the other way, and then it'd be under pressure again. <laughs> I know that I'm a big fan of like the faceoff stat and controlling the puck, but it's one thing to win the draw and win it clean. Like a dry cycle is amazing for doing that. Um, but I wonder what the if they can find a way of like um, isolating like the percentage based on like puck battles after the draw like tie-ups or something like that yeah how many are not clean face-off wins essentially where the wingers or the defensemen are coming in and winning the draw essentially yeah it it's uh it was interesting so i obviously that the one goal i think it was miles woods that scored yeah um that one right off the draw and then the the last one that we saw from jesper brought but um it was just such a weird game man uh, I, I can't skip over Ryan Graves' goal because that was maybe one of the, like, what the fuck? Are you serious that went in? Just kind of barely trickled five-hole. Oh, just, like, there's puck battles lost. Like, everybody, I think, on the ice committed an error, and then it just, like, squeaks through. Scanner. Yeah, that was just, um, it was kind of the domino effect where one guy fucked up, so the next guy was out of position, and it just led to more and more and more. <laughs> puck battles losing that resulted with the puck in the back of the net Mm. and then yeah the jesper brack goal though like he is so fucking good he is i would love for edmonton to draft a seventh round draft pick who could be (laughs) yeah just like a decent nhl player not even doesn't have to be the caliber of jesper brat who's a point per game fucking player like he just has to be like a middle six for it instead we need our first round picks to pretty much crack the lineup or we're fucked Mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> Maybe one day, right? <laughs> yeah. All in all, it was kind of a bad defensive play on uh I think it was Nima Linen and Barry who were out and they both got caught flat footed. I saw Nima Linen like look at him and then try to turn and he just realized there was no fucking catching him. That's my question is why is Nima Linen on the ice with three minutes left? You have your most inexperienced defenseman in a tie game with three minutes left. You've they had did they have seven D dress that night? Sixty? Probably six, I think, yeah. Yeah, six okay. back. So, um, still, like, you have a, a multitude of different options that are uh, there. I just, 
I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, like you can't. To be fair, I don't like to baby my rookie defenseman. Mm-hmm. He he should be playing, but I don't know if he should be taking the the face off right after a goal against. That's what I yeah. Maybe uh maybe Nurse was Nurse and Cece were just on the ice and they were really tired, but I guess that just means Kulak and Bouchard could go out. But I don't know. You can't. Are you going to keep them stable to the bench for the rest of the game and just go between the other two pairings? No, I like just... I trust Nima Linen mm-hmm. and like Barry a bit. But, like, I trust them to be able to play defensively. <laughs> to Barry's credit, um, I think he's actually been pretty okay for the last couple games. Oh, like, he's been really like, good. defensively, um, I know that's not something that we're, we're really looking for. I, he, he got the shot off. I thought he scored the, the goal in the, the second, but Derek Ryan had that, that tip. But I, I'm, I'm liking Barry's game. I think he maybe had a slow start, but, yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's weird because you got to get those guys ice time. But I don't know. I just thought it was bad timing to put those guys on. It wasn't the best timing ever, but I don't know. At the same time, um, I don't think those guys were necessarily the problem in this game. Or no, or I feel like I don't want to be too hard on him mm-hmm. because I praised him a lot last year, which is Cody Cece, who has not been good so yeah. far this year. Yeah, he's kind of uh, been what's the exposed on that first pairing this year mm. does not play to the same like quiet caliber that I know he can, which he's quiet, effective game doesn't make mistakes and you move out of the game like that. But this year I feel like he's made a lot of blunders in terms of just missing his man or just straight up giving the puck away, doing poorly under pressure, losing puck battles, just there's something going on there, but I don't really know what. Yeah. I think it's a perfect segue because we'll we'll put aside the uh, the Jersey game. Um, obviously, probably the mo- like the toughest loss of the year. The most yeah. like is I was sitting in my feelings after like that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Oh, I forgot to mention worst part or best part about it. I guess because it was kind of funny. Just before they scored the three three goal, mm-hmm. my buddy texted me because he has uh, Skinner in fantasy. Oh yeah, and he didn't start Skinner. And he texted me, he's like, oh, I should have fucking started Skinner. He's playing so well. And literally, like, goal, goal. You and I was asshole. like, I texted him, I was like, you fucking jinx. You son of a bitch. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Tough loss. But uh, we move on to Saturday. Another fucking 2 p.m. game. But um, it, it wasn't long to get things started with uh, Dallas getting the first goal. Again, another fucking goal six minutes in. Now... I'm going to pick up where you left off with Cody Cece. This was the most, like, what in the fuck, where are you? Like, the guy's doing circles, pirouettes, staring at his shoes. I, I, I'm i not an NHL player. But that was the most beer league hockey defensive play I've ever seen. Just watching the puck go back and forth between the players. And then, yeah, I think he tried to block the shot for some reason. Yeah. And just screen the ever living shit out of Campbell. Well, it the the play went off of uh, like it was a rebound given up from Campbell, shocker. Um, and it goes back and it goes right through Cece's legs. It sticks like up at his waist. Yeah, he spins around the long way around, and uh, the puck gets passed across the ice to to Pavelski, who's never gonna miss. Yeah, but uh, it just like. I don't know if the guy knew where he was. Actually, I did watch these highlights and made some notes on them. That wasn't Campbell's fault. It wasn't a rebound. 
Because Robertson took the shot first, and it went wide of the net and hit the glass behind the net, and then went and landed to Campbell's left, where Robertson then won the battle, got it to Hintz, who then passed it back across backdoor to Am I thinking of the wrong goal? Maybe. Are we talking about the one where Cody sees... There is one. It was the very first goal of the game. Okay. Maybe I'm... CeCe was between Hintz and Campbell. Like, he was like 10 feet away from the net, and CeCe was in between the two of them. And then Pavelski was just wide open back door. Fuck, I don't know if I'm thinking. Of the I same thought goal. it was a rebound too. Okay, and maybe that was just my might my be bias a bangle. at this point. There's to be so like, many fucking goals in this game, man. Yeah, that's the hard part. Um, but ultimately, yeah, like that seems to be a common trend right now with pretty much all of Edmonton's defense and like CC, like we mentioned, has been the main culprit. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of missed coverage, and there's just guys wide open all the time who just get a clear as day shot on net. And there's, like, I don't know how they keep losing these guys in coverage, whether it's the forwards not coming back properly, whether it would probably be the center um, not coming back and playing defense, and then, or the defensemen getting lost and losing their assignments between each other when the guys are crossing over. But I don't know what the fuck is going on. And it's really confusing to watch and be like, how the fuck is that guy wide open? And then you see, like, CeCe, for example, like you said, just staring off into space not realizing that there's a guy wide open right beside him. There's Yeah, there's definitely someone listening to this podcast right now who's fucking screaming at their stereo like, Greg, it was this goal. But, yeah, it's insert player's name here, Cody CC doing spins. It's just – and he's not the only person I feel bad for kind of shitting on him. I thought this was a terrible game defensively um, by the Edmonton Oilers, but uh, it, was a, it was a tough start. Um Kudos to Joe Pavelski. He, like, every single time this guy plays the Edmonton Oilers, I feel like he puts something in. I mean, that's just his just his job at this point, is to score on the Oilers. But <laughs> imagine being a guy like Pavelski and literally having a career year I was just going to say. Yeah, he's aging like a fine wine. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't a great first period. Um, we start the second. Dallas still continue to press. I felt like the Oilers' legs were there. But I don't think that they're like their heads. Their were, brains are yes. aren't there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the kind of the, the big shot right in the dick was the Colin Miller goal. Well, like, I don't really know what was going on there, to be honest, from well, part of the problem, first of all, is it started with a play going the other way where a defenseman jumped up in the rush, and that left Hyman and McDavid back with I think nurse on defense. So that assumes that it was probably CC who pinched mm-hmm. and didn't pinch <laughs> properly, I guess. But with that being said, Hyman McDavid were back to cover and it was a three on three rush. Right. And in that case, they're coming in and McDavid and Hyman both take the guy who's kind of crashing the net, leaving that drop pass wide open to with nobody there to get a stick on the play to block it or anything. So I don't know which one of them should have had that assignment, but mm-hmm. the two of them kind of got lost there, which, like we mentioned, is kind of par for the course at this point. And, yeah, then Miller let a fucking bomb go. That was, I think it was a just under 100 miles per hour bomb. But to be fair, it was uncontested, and I think Campbell should have had that every oh, day yeah. of the week. Yeah. Maybe nine times out of ten he should have had that, and just so happened this was the ten. I, it was weird because you could start to see his confidence like that like he has no idea how that went when in. he's sitting there staring at his glove yeah. being like what the fuck yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Some people were speculating like, oh, it must have went through the glove because he was so confused. It's like, if it went through the glove, then he would have gotten it when it got a new glove. <laughs> but he didn't. He played with that same glove for the rest of the game. Yeah. It, I, I had a hard time like trying to isolate it too, looking through all the different caps, but whatever they score, it doesn't matter. It's in the net. Um, two nothing at that point, but Leon Dreisaitl again, three games in a row. So I'm hoping when we're done this podcast, we can go up and he's got like four games in a row. Yeah, four goals. Four goals. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Four goals. Yeah. <laughs> Give me four goals. Make it five. Let's win a million dollars for someone. No kidding. Um, but it was just it was it was just more painstaking goals after another. Jason Robertson, I'm not gonna take away credit. Like he's got one of the we talk about unreal releases in the NHL. Like he's got a nasty shot, but another dribbler that just felt like Campbell should have had just squeaked right behind him and yeah, that was the one where it beat him clean, hit the post, bounced off his yeah. back and in. And to be fair, like, I think Campbell should have had it, yes. Um, Nurse was on the man in that play and just kind of lackadaisically had his stick in there and didn't do anything to obstruct the shot at all. If he would have got a stick on it, easy would have went into the corner or up into the mesh or something like that. So you got to be stronger on the puck and actually try to get in the way. Otherwise, you're just making it more difficult for your goalie to make the save. But with that being said, Campbell should have had that since Nurse was pretty much out of the way anyways. So yeah. it, he just was kind of getting beat clean all night by all these shots. Yeah. Uh, of all the goals that uh, were given up, I, I'm not even... Do you want to go into the third period? Like, this game, I was just fucking over... I mean, eventually it got to the point where it was kind of whatever. I, I did like seeing uh, Zach Hyman murder a guy yes yes yeah okay let's talk about that because uh that was a big thing the hit on fogel um was it it should have been a two-minute minor yeah i'm not saying it should have been five in a game yeah. or anything but yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty textbook boarding to me you want to see what a five-minute major looks the later that night and fucking was that ottawa where the fuck was that i think so ottawa or montreal where on the east coast but uh Petrangelo when he got hit holy fuck that was scary yeah but uh yeah no uh, I I thought it was a dirty hit um in terms of like a regular check uh but there's <laughs> it's funny we had some uh, some people uh commenting on Twitter they're talking about how um Zach Hyman's like people from Dallas questioning how it wasn't a charging call and so I didn't watch the replay for charging. I watched it for like lateness in terms of interference and whether it was high or anything, but it wasn't. It was a clean check. Hyman's? Yeah. And yeah. he didn't he didn't hit him into the boards. It was near the boards, yes, but he angled him away from or yeah. still toward the boards, but yeah. diagonally, so it yeah. didn't like press him right in the numbers into the boards. It was nice because like he was looking for retribution and the guy that he was looking for had the puck. Yeah. And it was full like eight strides, but he coasted for the last like three. So yeah. to me that's not a charging call. Um but yeah, you're probably having fun arguing with people on Twitter about that one, eh? No, honestly I, I just uh commented on something and then there's two other idiots having a fight against it and they just used our stuff to like pull it in as evidence. It's like, oh fuck, here come the notifications. <laughs> but uh um uh, I was so, like, disappointed in the actual game itself. I was like, I, I'm not going to try it because all it's going to be is, look at the scoreboard, look at the scoreboard. But um, uh, Listen, going into the third period, though, to be fair, mm-hmm. like, Jamie Benn did score a goal. Can we talk about that. that asshole for a quick second? <laughs> that's just Jamie Benn. Is there anything to talk about? Like, Fuck, that's such a greasy move. The thing against Hyman, like, it yes. was really greasy. 
and I would have thought it was hilarious if he didn't then try to jump him after he went and bent that's, down to grab a stick. That's where it got from funny to be like, okay, yeah. you're like this is bordering like Todd Bertuzzi esque yeah. one push. I, away. I, I, let's not go that far, but like I did like to. It was funny. It was just like knocks a stick out of his hand, and Hyman just turns and looks at him like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah, and then he pushes like. <laughs> yeah, and then it got out of hand, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, this is why people don't like Jamie Ben." Because it went from being funny to being like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe the Todd Bertuzzi push was probably the worst thing of his whole thing and the swing. So I do, I retract those statements. <laughs> Let's not isolate this track. Um, no, I just I thought it was a greasy play, but that kind of pissed me off. And I was like, this game. But um, yeah, the other thing I just wanted to comment on like, is the passing like was atrocious for the Edmonton Oilers. I would not be surprised to see their passing percentage was extremely low. Like maybe 50%. And it was just, it was horrific. But um, it, it was just another 2 p.m. game, man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so fucking sick of these games. <laughs> the funny part was like in typical Edmonton's fashion going into the third, I was like, we could come back from this. Oh, I know. And then Nurse goes and scores that goal. And I was like, oh boy, we could definitely come back from this. I'm yeah. rubbing my hands together. I'm so excited. And then it, we just immediately get silenced by Jamie Ben. literally 20 seconds later. Well, ah, fuck. Do I want to continue talking about this fucking game? Just keep talking about it. That's what we're here for. The, the, the fucking stupid fucking penalty from Evander Kane immediately afterwards? What are we doing? So are you saying that's stupid from Kane or stupid by the refs to call that? I, I think that's on Kane. Like, okay. you know, well, I think we've talked about it before. Like, you know how you're kind of being called against, right? Like, yeah. Kane has a, a reputation for being a physical player. And so they're going to they're gonna call penalties based off of his play. Yeah. He's got to be aware of that. He should never cross-check anybody. Yeah. Because they're going to call it on him, like, ten times out of ten. Yeah. It's... That, that just pissed me off. I was like, what a kill to any momentum that you're building forward. Yeah. Well, and then I like, I lost hope again. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, God damn it. And then we got a four minute power play for that high stick on, I think it was Neiman Linen. That was, I was, I was just like, oh, now we're going to come back. We're going to score two goals. It's going to be one goal game. I'm so excited. And then we scored nothing. Was that maybe the most like uneventful four minutes of Oilers power play in the last five years? Yeah. It, they struggled to get anything going really like i know they started with the second unit and i don't expect too much from the second unit mm -hmm. but maybe they should have started with the first but even the first i think because they were down by three they just didn't have it in them they didn't care yeah but they should know better than anybody that you can come back from those deficits no kidding um, but then jamie ben goes and gets the hat trick and buries edmonton and that's when i turn my tv off yeah hey uh, same time man same yeah. time hey i'm confident we may be able to come back from a three-goal deficit, but four goals is where I draw the line, especially yeah. when we're playing as poorly as we were. <laughs> it's like my mental health and my plans for Saturday have been, like, hurt enough. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> uh, at that point, I mean, there's seven and a half minutes left. So, I mean, kudos to you guys who stuck it out, but I'm you're a better person than I am. Um, I have a couple things I want to chat about uh, just looking forward into our games this week. Obviously, we have... Uh, Washington tonight, yes. Pittsburgh tomorrow, yes. Carolina Thursday. I'm not going to say yes until New the York schedule. on Saturday. Uh, it's Tampa tomorrow. Sorry, Tampa not Pittsburgh. Tomorrow. Right, right. No Pittsburgh. And then uh, Florida on Saturday. Florida Saturday. 
So you're 50, 50% right. Ah, see? And guess Running what time here. the game is on Saturday. Yeah, no, I know. I'm well <laughs> fucking aware. Um, but it's Eastern time, so maybe it pushes it back a little bit. But isn't it 11.30? My show's 2 p.m. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So classic 2 p.m. game. Uh, at least it's four there. And then, to be fair, then Saturday afterwards they play at eight. Thank God. So that'll be nice. It's it's nice for the later games. I prefer <laughs> seven o'clock games, but it's Saturday, so I'll allow it. <laughs> fair. Okay. Uh, point number one, I want to get into the lineup shuffling that happened towards the end of the Dallas game into what we're seeing tonight. Have you take a, taken a look at the lines and kind of what are your thoughts with? Well, I saw the them the first ten minutes. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of this. the The problem I have with shuffling the lines right now is that they're doing it almost as like a universal punishment to some players, and like I want to say they're rewarding Pulyarvi, for example, by putting him on the first line, but they're not really rewarding him as much as they're punishing Yamamoto, for example. And dropping him down to the fourth line with Holloway and Shore. Yeah, that was and a big change. I don't. I understand that we need to see more out of Yamamoto, especially in terms of actual point production and especially goals. There was, I think, it was in the New Jersey game where he had a prime opportunity when they were oh. up three to two mm-hmm. to bury them, and he just completely whiffed it. And then Hyman whiffed it, and like. These guys just aren't burying their chances that they're getting like these top quality stuff from Drysdale and McDavid, and in classic Oilers fashion, their wingers just have stone hands and can't seem to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just more of the same of what we've had troubles with. Uh, on the point of Yamamoto, fuck, I can't remember shit for this past week, so I'm gonna say one of these last three games, Yamamoto had a two-on-one on a shorthanded uh, opportunity, yeah, and you could see it like in his head. I think he needs so badly him to make one good play but i think he's just trying to like force it yeah like he he was looking shot the entire way and he shot it like right into the crest of the goalie yeah i'm like this is a guy that's just like trying to make it happen like almost gripping his stick too tight well it's the classic he needs to get the monkey off his back yeah and i think probably on that two-on-one for example he's going down and he's thinking he's like shoot no i should pass no maybe i'll shoot or maybe I should pass, but I'm not going to look away. I'm going to look at the goalie. It's like, oh, shit, I can't pass anymore. There's a guy there. I'm going to shoot and just shoots it right into his chest. Yeah. My thought with the lines is it's going to be nice to see. It looks more evenly spread over four lines, so I don't know if the anticipation is that he's just going to roll four lines um, more evenly than he was. Uh, the thing I forgot to uh, mention, too, was Dylan Holloway notched his first 10-minute game against Nashville. I, that was as much as I want to give uh, props to, um, God, my brain, it's not working. Why do I keep wanting to say Woodcroft? I keep wanting to say Woodley. I was like, no, that's the guy who does the goalie stuff. But Woodcroft, yeah. Um, I want to give him credit, but they were up like by yeah. four goals in that game, and they were playing the fourth line a lot. Why? So I don't really give him credit for that. I want to see it to be like a three three game, and him playing ten minutes. Well, and then you look at the very next game. Like New Jersey, uh, or against New Jersey, he played what four, four minutes and thirty five seconds. So it's like he only played four minutes. Yeah, like I. So I'm hoping that this new little shuffle is at least gonna get more consistency with some of the players. Um, I think with him only playing with uh, 
uh, Yamamoto, who's not a, a routine penalty killer. Um, and Devin Shore, who is, as opposed to who did he have before? He had Derek Ryan as well. Yeah. Like those are two like full-time penalty killers. So well, Yamamoto is also a full-time penalty killer. Is he always though? Well, pretty much. I think they have essentially six players who do it, which is New GMs, Hyman, uh, Drysaddle, and then Shore and Ryan. Hmm. So the six of them kind of rotate. And then for some reason, occasionally McDavid and Kane that I've noticed a few times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's wait till the power play <laughs> or the penalty's over before we throw those guys out on the ice. <laughs> By committee. So I don't know. At least he's playing center. Uh, I like Holloway's game uh, more since he's, like, moved to the center. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, the lineup shuffle. The only thing that I hope is that they give it a week. Yeah. Like, don't try and keep throwing stuff in blenders and then having like one good shift because this isn't gonna this isn't gonna change overnight. To be fair, it was a pretty uninspired effort against Dallas. Yeah, and they just kind of want to maybe jumpstart the team after the shock of the New Jersey game and then coming into Dallas and playing very lackadaisically. And he's like, "Okay, guys, you need to figure it out, and we'll see how this game goes." Um, and just an FYI, I just went and checked in Holloway played 1135 against Dallas. Oh, there you go. Which, okay. but nice how rebound. much of that was in the third period once the game was already over? Yeah. And they're shuffled. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting. The other thing that I think is a bonus is this is the first real like road trip that the guys have gone on. Well, and, they had the three game road trip earlier in the season, but in, it's, it wasn't as stretched out as this period is true. So it'll be nice for them, um, to kind of get away, especially to the opposite side of the fucking continent, you know? Yeah. Like an actual road trip versus what they've been. Yeah. Before it was a Western road trip, really St. Louis, Chicago, yeah. Calgary. Yeah. So hardly that much travel. Versus now they're going to Tampa and Carolina and Washington currently and Florida. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It hopefully helps bring the team back or together a little bit. And hopefully they can learn some important lessons on this road trip to kind of get their shit together. Because their defense, their offense has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like goals for four per game, they're third in the league with 3.8. Uh, power play percentage, they're second in the league with like almost 32%. And then goals against, 3.5 goals against, so almost the same as their goals for, which puts them 23rd, which you don't want to be in the bottom 10. Right. And then their PK, like you had mentioned, is bottom 5. Yeah. Yeah. So obvious holes on the defense side. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just, I don't really know what to do. Maybe you, I don't want to blame Manson, but maybe there's something wrong with this system that this is happening where the team goes from being successful and maybe running off of Tippett's system a little bit as well as Manson's and kind of comboing them to now being on a pure Manson system, mm. which seems to be the defensemen activate a lot more offensively. Yes. Um, and then, I don't know, run around in the defensive zone like chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah. So this is where I wanted to bring in the Campbell scenario, and this is my second point. <laughs> um, I, I Skinner was kind of subject to it this week, especially with the, the Jersey game. They saw them um, kind of uh, take advantage of that. But I think Stuart Skinner's good at reacting to things. And, um, you know, I think when Jack Campbell's good, he is absorbing every rebound. Like there, there is no rebound because he's absorbing it. Um, and I think whatever's going on with Jack Campbell is between the ears. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think it has to do with coming into a new environment. Mm-hmm. You think he'd be pretty strong mentally coming from Toronto of all places and that he'd be able to handle some of the pressure that comes from playing in a place like Edmonton. But there's something, maybe it's partly because Skinner's playing so well that he really is feeling the pressure from like behind him essentially. And mm-hmm. at this rate, soon to be on top of him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's how that's going, but there's well, something going on, like you said, between his ears. And it's weird because as I was thinking about this over the past couple of days because Jack Campbell is obviously, when, like I mentioned, when he's he's going good, he's absorbing all the pucks. But when he uh, when you see them, like a lot of the goals that get scored on him are after he makes the first save, and there's just no like response from him. Yeah, and I don't know if he's just so accustomed to absorbing the puck, or in Toronto, to their credit, they're very good for having active sticks on their defensive side, mm-hmm. and so if the Oilers are kind of like just letting these pucks sit, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, how like the defensemen are kind of like running around those open pucks. There's no battle for them, and if he's giving up rebounds, the Oilers are gonna stink. Honestly, with Campbell's like game right now. That's what I would say is the biggest detriment to Edmonton right now is that they don't have any battle in the defensive zone. Mm. I don't see them winning any puck battles, like, mm. honestly. Or at least the majority of them they are losing. So they need to, I don't know, like, light a fire under them in that defensive zone. I don't know if uh, Dave Manson needs to take them into the back room and, like, <laughs> fucking teach them to l- light a fire under them or something. But... You would think all, of all coaches, like, Dave Manson would be a guy who's kind of a hard ass. Well, maybe, but maybe he's just a really nice guy. That's what they usually say about the mean guys on the ice. They're really Uh, nice off the ice. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. But they need to figure out something because it's getting to the point where it's embarrassing. And we can't expect or have to score minimum four or five goals to win a game. Mm -hmm. Like, we should be able to win games 2-1 to or 3-1 or 3-2. Yeah. But with the way we're going, we need to score five goals. Like like I said, we have 3.5 goals against... Per game, so on average, we probably need to score five goals a game to win. Yeah. So what you're saying is bet the over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I I hope they figure this out. I mean, you still got a winning record. It's only a two-game um, losing streak. By God, knock on wood that it's not three by the time you're listening to this. Uh, but, I mean, it's early in the season. These is, these are when you want your team to struggle and figure out where the kinks are. Like, That's true. we got to figure out the adversity early. Maybe realize we need to trade for a defenseman. Um, maybe realize that we need to find some more stability on the right side of our forward core. Um, maybe we need to give Holloway another chance in the top six or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I will say, personally, I think he's been fantastic yeah. And when, when he's playing. like He does make the odd mistake sometimes, and it can burn you. Um, I think he made a big mistake in the Nashville game, actually, where he gave the puck away. Yeah. But I have very much enjoyed the way he plays. I think he's a smart player. He's played fairly physical, and I'd like to see them give him more opportunity, even if it's just on the third line and not playing with, I'm not going to call Yamamoto a plug or anything like that, but playing with essentially the plugs of the team. <laughs> am, am I wrong? I'm not saying they are plugs, but they're the bottom of the roster. <laughs> It was just so harsh. <laughs> the plugs of the team. <laughs> Somebody's got to plug the team to keep them from leaking, right? A uh, plug can be a positive term. I can't make this podcast any better. I think that's it. We got to wrap it. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we'll see you next week.